Welcome to the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. I'm therapist and coach, Shade Giovanni. If you want to feel less anxiety in your relationships and enjoy a confident and spiritual intimate life, you're in the right place. So grab a cup of tea and a warm blanket and let's talk intimacy. Hey there. I'm glad you're here. I hope you are doing well. I hope that today or this week has been enlightening for you. Or if you're tired, I really hope that you're going to get a second to breathe soon. I'm well. I have my socks on. I have a freshly filled canister thing of water with a straw, which is my preferred way of drinking water. (laughs) Also tea. Tea is my preferred way of drinking water, but that may or may not count. I digress. Hi. If you did not hear the episode previous to this on why purity culture was hurtful, definitely I would say start with that. Um, Especially if you don't know much about purity culture, it gives us a lot of the backdrop here. But I would like to do a little twisty twist and talk about why purity culture was good, why it was helpful. Hmm. As I said in the last episode, a lot of the intent behind purity culture was to preserve the sacredness and the connection that is sexuality. Sexuality is a really powerful tool for sharing intimacy, sharing your soul with someone. And you know what? Not everyone sees it that way. I'll go ahead and say that. There are definitely people who see sex as more recreational, that it doesn't really need to have the spirit involved, and that it's more just about, hey, it's fun. (laughs) It's fun to do, it feels good, and it's more about the body. It doesn't have to involve the other parts. And that's fine. I am not here to speak to anyone else's life but my own and what I just understand of the world. And if you want to hop on board and if you feel like some of this resonates with you, awesome. That's great. We could probably have some really cool conversations together. So take anything that I say and use what is right for you. All that to say, I believe that sexuality is best enjoyed, (laughs) best enjoyed in full dimensional (laughs) intimacy. I'm laughing because what came to mind was like, those drink commercials where they say like best enjoyed chilled (laughs) with ice okay i'm saying sexuality is best enjoyed with the emotional spiritual and physical components of intimacy all combined and that was the original intent i think of purity culture is to see sex as sacred as something that should be set apart special treasured, protected, honored because of the access that it gives to your soul 
and its ability to, I think, connect you to God. Now, (laughs) that's the perfect, I guess, segue because in the attempt to show how it connects us to God, I think it actually deconnected sexuality. Deconnected, that's not a word. Disconnected sexuality from the spiritual. Because now it's, um, and again, I guess we're doing a recap of why it was hurtful. Now it's about, you know, sex is bad and X, Y, Z. But if we can go back to the intent behind it, we can see, you know, glimmers of positivity in purity culture. For one, it did give a countercultural narrative of what sexuality can be it at least put on the radar that there is something special about your body. There's something special about what happens when you enter into sexual energy with another human being. Another positive thing, I think, when you heard youth pastors or authors and they were kind of saying, I'm married to my, <laughs> to my crazy hot wife, grown up in purity culture you know what I'm talking about they would say I'm married to my crazy hot wife and we are having this wonderful blessed sex and all that I think there's good in giving an example that once you do get married that doesn't mean that you know life is ho-hum or sexuality is loses its interest that you know there's people who've been married a year five years 15 years 50 years we're still getting to enjoy sex with their partner. That's pretty cool. I, um, oh, I just saw a video called Middle Ground. I think the producers are, um, Jubilee. They're on YouTube. But there was a video where they actually had some pastors speaking with some sex workers. And um, there's one specific pastor in there. Sorry, back up. The purpose of the video is to find, to see if two kind of distinct groups of people can find middle ground on a certain topic. But all that to say, there is one specific pastor in there who was saying that for him personally, he enjoys a monogamous committed relationship with his wife because they have so much fun together. He's committed to her. And he is not lacking really at all in their sexuality, in their sex life. There's passion there and they, they have fun. Um, and he, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to guess his age. He looked like he might have been maybe in his 40s. But I think that's a positive thing is when there were moments in purity culture where someone was able to say, yes, sex is good, right next to Yes, sex is sacred. The attempt was to give boundaries so that we could enjoy freedom. You know, you you think of a, a playground with your child. There's a fence around the playground. There's areas where um, the daycare instructor or you might say, don't go over there. Come back. Come back over here. And it's not necessarily because there's imminent danger. A lot of the times those calls 
or as a warning for potential danger. Don't go over there because there's a tree and I won't be able to see you if you go on the other side of it. Or don't don't go over there because right now there's no cars, but it is a busy road. And so I need you to get in the habit of staying away from roads while you're playing. When you can embrace the fence around the playground, it gives you so much freedom to climb the slides, swing the swings, um, do cartwheels in the sand, build a sand castle or wood chip castle. Do you enjoy play? I think that was the original intent of purity culture. The true love waits mantra being love, which is patient, kind, selfless, doesn't give up hope. You know, that love, not just infatuation, is able to wait, is able to exercise self-control and say, I am choosing you, the wholeness of your person. I'm not just choosing only your body. I want all parts of you, which brings us back to my definition of intimacy, emotional, spiritual, physical, all together. The original tent was meant to teach us to honor a really powerful gift. Now, obviously, and again, watch, listen to the other episode, obviously that kind of went off the rails at some point. It was misinterpreted at many points, caused a lot of damage when it was seen as bad to want sex, bad to have sexual urges or even think of it. I disagree with that personally. And I will say, I don't know. Um, take what you'd like to take, leave what you want to leave out of what I'm saying here. What could have helped purity culture be even better would have been an integrated teaching of how to steward sexuality. And steward, (laughs) I feel like might be a word that's super common in the Christian community and then you don't hear as much just in your regular life, right? Um, We weren't taught how to care for our sexuality, to see it as special, and to act upon it appropriately. We weren't taught that if you are, you know, nine-year-old boy and you're having your first erection, I mean, how many boys can actually say that they got the talk about, hey man, no worries, here's what's happening. You know, blood is rushing to your penis, it's getting harder. Sometimes that can come with some positive sensations. Sometimes there might not be a reason why. Hey, no worries at all. Or you have a girl who sees a guy and all of a sudden she starts feeling butterflies and then a little bit moist and there's not a conversation around you're 16 now there's new sensations happening in your body here's what it means your body is preparing for the potential that sex could happen it's just 
you know, lubrication is something that makes it safer for you to have sex. So there's no tearing and there's no uncomfortableness or pain. And so lubrication is good. Your feelings of wanting to connect with this boy that you like is good. And maybe right now is not the best time for you to have sex with Jimmy from your biology class. So let's talk about how you can take those feelings of attraction and act on them in a way that's good for the level of relationship that you are at with Jimmy right now. Here's how you can take sexual energy and rechannel it until the time comes when it is good for you to fully connect with Jimmy or whoever it is in your life that you reach that stage of relationship with. It's a superpower, you know? Hmm. I wish we were taught about hormones. How porn and dopamine are connected. The happy hormone, the happiness drug, the quick fix, the self-gratification, and how it's a completely different hormone that is activated when you're hugging someone you love, when you're making love with a partner that you trust, and that's oxytocin. I kind of think of it like dopamine is the simple sugar and then oxytocin is the complex carbohydrate. If you are a medical person and I said that wrong, <laughs> give me grace. But I wish we were taught all of that. That God doesn't look away when you are aroused. That God doesn't see it as, ugh, your sex drive is an unfortunate consequence of you being human. Sex came after the fall. I don't, I don't believe that. I really don't. I think it was very intentional. Sexuality. And because this is an ongoing conversation and an ongoing journey, I am 100% okay with being wrong. And I don't even want to think in terms of right or wrong, like that dichotomy. I'm okay with, you know, stumbling a little bit as I also try to figure out how to connect all the pieces of, of being, of intimacy that there are. And that being said, I think that purity is talking about energy, having pure energy, having integrity, having everything in alignment in a way that I don't think we will ever fully comprehend. All I know is that if a woman or man is raped or molested or has their sexuality compromised in a way that did not involve consent, that did not involve enthusiastic, um, full-bodied participation. Whenever that happens, we know that a wound occurs in such a deep and intimate and hurtful way that it is inexplicable, really. 
and takes such intentionality to heal. We know that. It's trauma. We know this. There's, there's something that happens when your sexuality is, um, what's the word I want to use? Taken advantage of or objectified. That just makes you feel invaded. And that creates a shadow effect of that same feeling anytime something similar happens. How is that possible? I think it's possible because there is such a depth of vulnerability, connection to our core, and again, sacredness in what sexuality can be for us. Now, I'm not saying that we should be hyper-focused on the sexual part of ourselves. It's a balance and it takes a lifetime to learn how to balance that part and understand that it is more than the act of intercourse. I think that the way we talk to someone, the way that we sit, the way that we um, eat food, the way that we see this world, all of it is part of our sexuality. Our sexuality isn't its own compartment. It's connected to, to spirit and to emotion. If we could see an expanded view of it, if that is what purity culture became to us, was a consistent teaching of how to understand how sexual, spiritual, and emotional all dance together in perfect harmony, I think that it would have been good. It would have been really good. And I'm sorry for all of us, really. I'm glad that we get to discover it when we're older. And thanks for listening to podcasts like these where you're open to learning. But I'm sad that, you know, if we have fear around our own sexuality or we see it as as something so <laughs> we're afraid of the power of it, then it probably would be that our teachings are going to be more around how to control it, how to keep it back, how to keep it away. Similar to anger, I could do a whole version of this same podcast on anger. Anger is not bad. And yet... If you find it difficult to control your anger, then yeah, you're probably going to be a lot more cautious about making sure you stay away from anything that makes you angry. But this is part of the stewarding message, is helping people to understand their relationship to their sexuality and showing them how to care for it. Another, um, I think, metaphor I could draw is wine, right? If, if I know that I am wired to have addictive tendencies, which some of us are, I'm probably not going to play around with wine as, as much, if at all. Versus there are some people who can drink a glass or two of wine and it have no effect on anything else. And so this is all just so nuanced and so complex. And I think, um, you know, part of me, Here's me saying that, and then I'm wondering, what are you thinking about that? What are you going to take that to mean? How is that going to translate 
are you going to think I'm saying XYZ? And honestly, I'm going to leave it in here because the, um, the black and white, I think, that this conversation has become, I think it's a little dangerous. We're not allowing for the ability to say, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Guys, how refreshing would it be to be able to say and hear, I don't know. And so this is me telling you, I'm just talking about my thoughts at this exact moment in time. In 2021, January. I don't know if I will think the same in a couple months, in a year, in 10 years. I don't know what the right thing to say is. All I know is that our constant pursuit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I am trying the best I can to actually have the uncomfortable tension of I don't know and put all of these thoughts right next to all those fruits of the Spirit. Is this thought loving? Does this thought show self-control? Does this thought show kindness? I hope you can do that with me. And when you feel the discomfort of I don't know, I wish maybe purity culture had taught us this also. I think for someone who's of faith, prayer, for someone who, you know, maybe you're not of faith or religion, meditation, but slow down. Feel the tension of I don't know. Understand that you don't have to know. But how can you realign yourself with love? Not infatuation. (laughs) Not, you know, me first, F everybody else. Love. The kind of love that goes out of its way to consider others. Love others as yourself. Love God. This is intimacy, guys. It's conversations that are sometimes hard, but really get down and explore the core of things and try to bring all the pieces together in harmony instead of needing it to be one neat bow. Purity culture is good when we can do this. Thank you so much for being willing to listen, to being open to this conversation. And now I have some invitations for you based on your relationship status. Um, I'll start with the people who are married or coupled. If you feel like this has struck a chord with you and you need an intimacy mindset makeover, I have got you. There is an audio course that I have created with guided activities that goes more in depth into how to do this. 
and how to bring this over into your intimate life. So you're going to want to go to my website. It's also in the show notes, myintimacytherapist.com, and you will find the course there. If you are dating, I've also got you. Dating coaching is going to be our chance to, in five to 10 sessions, based on your package choice, really go into how purity culture is showing up in your dating life and helping you to just steward it well, steward your sexuality and make conscious decisions around your sexuality that bring you peace and clarity. I want this for you guys. I want this for us. I want for all of us to uh, just be more intimate. So go check those out, the intimacy course or dating coaching, both on my website, link in the show notes. And as always, remember who you are. You are fully seen, fully known, and fully loved.